This is your driver, Stu, with an update on our new onboard regulations. Passengers will refrain from killing my soul. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Welcome aboard, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And Brett's here today. Today's adventure, episode 143, Yellow Fever. Uh, yes. Pete and Pete, of course. Yeah. We had a vote. Yeah. Uh, it was, we mentioned last week it was a tie between this and Sick Day. Yeah. We, we let our resident artist, Brett Wilson, <laughs> other Brett, uh, this... <laughs> Uh, he uh, he really was itching uh, to do the art, and as uh, ho- hopefully a lot of you saw today or yesterday, uh, the art looks great. Yeah. Um, it features stew, <laughs> as it should, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, here we are. I- I'm going to say up front, I love this episode. It may be one of my favorite episodes of anything we've talked about. <laughs> wow. Of anything. Um, Not just Pete and Pete. Uh, well, yeah. I guess Pete and Pete's yeah. probably it tends to be at the top <laughs> of the list. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to push hard to like if whatever your rating is, get it up like a <laughs> point five or something. <laughs> um, we have talked about this episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why now. Um, do we talk about buses? No, stew. I mean, uh, I mean the li- the lines Stu says in this episode come yeah. up a lot. I feel like Wendell Hyde might have come up before. He has a thousand great lines in this Oh, yeah. It seems like every time he talks, I'm just like, (laughs) who wrote this character? (laughs) We'll talk about that uh, a little bit. Um, Yeah, a whole lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, this episode features, uh, I mean, a lot of the great, like, uh, B characters. Uh, Stu, you got your Ellen, you got Teddy. Uh, Quick shout out to David Martell, who we got to talk to last year, which was awesome. Uh, he did send us a, a a message here that he did something for Shout Factory. Um, so if you search uh, Shout Factory David Martell or you search uh, David Martell Dobie Gillis, which uh, for those of you who don't know is kind of an old sitcom. Yeah. Um, uh, it was... Um, wait, is that the show with uh, Bob Denver, who's Gilligan? Yeah, okay, yes, okay. yes it is. Um, and we talked a little bit about it on our Dream Nick at Night lineup. Chris, I think, had it in his lineup. Yeah. His dream lineup. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that. You, sh- you should check out that episode, Brett. It's, it's Chris at, uh, his, <laughs> at his peak. Um, really, like, aggressively. Uh, his All his picks are aggressive. <laughs> but uh, David Martell does this great little thing for Shout Factory where he talks about reoccurring themes in teen TV. And uh, the one he talks about is Dobie Gillis. So uh, if you're interested, head over to Shout Factory to see David Martell talk about that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Also, we've been doing a new segment called Snick Snacks. This is because we're working with Nick Box, which is a subscription service where you get a box a couple times a year. Some cool Nickelodeon stuff inside. And uh, we thought it would be cool to uh, let people who are guesting on the show uh, pick something from the Nick Box. So, Brett, would you like to grab a Snick Snack? Yeah, sure. Let's see why not. Pick a Snick Snack from the Nick Bag. You may not look in the bag. You may feel around. It is an official bag if I've ever seen one. (laughs) I do actually want these. 
Ah. <laughs> All right, so... so Ren and Slippy <laughs> Magnet Set. All right. So for the okay. listener, what do we got going there? It is um, a magnet set for uh, Log from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> with various Log <laughs> things. It's pretty sweet. It is pretty cool. I feel like that's a nice, useful one for Brett. Yes. Fridge? Yes. I mean, clap. It's about... <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. I know I said everything would be not useful. But <laughs> I'll find a use. I'll find a use for this. There you go. So there's your snick snack. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a couple things maybe for Brett. I, magnets are always good. Yeah. And they also did that, of course, um, that like pint glass for Legends oh, with the yeah, coasters. Yeah. Very nice. Um, anyway, some yeah. really cool stuff in Nick Box. <laughs> if you'd like to order one, go to our uh, link on Instagram and uh, get your own Nick Box. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, as Andrew said, we're here to talk about Yellow Fever, uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. This episode aired November 27th, 1994. Uh, this is season two, episode 12. We have mm. discussed November of 1994 before. And so uh, do you want to jump into the masterpiece that is Yellow Let's Fever? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So over some... Interesting stock footage of weird locations. Big Pete expounds that ever since there's been school, there's been field trips. <laughs> While field trips are supported to... I don't know how accurate that is. <laughs> you, think, you think it just started out like two people in a classroom? Yeah, school. I mean, well, I school's th- been around for probably <laughs> I think probably thousands field, of years. Field trips started probably a little bit, you know, no bus. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're going to a milking yeah. farm. That seems probably, like, what field trips actually started as, to go yeah. learn, like, a profession. Or... This felt, like, exactly like a field trip I had taken in uh, elementary school. Really? Like... To a farm? Uh, to a milk We country? had, like, an Amish country <laughs> field trip, oh, so yeah. it kind of encompassed Did you that. go on that trip? Uh, Different schools. Probably something similar to a farm of some sort. And... Hmm. Seems like a real school... A good school one. There's farms around here. But there are farms, yeah. You know, I don't know. The detail of these field trips that he describes just seems so <laughs> bizarre. Ever since there's been school, there's been field trips. In my school, we've been subjected to places like the Sioux City Moth Hatchery, the AAA Ice Farm, and the International Creamed Corn Expo. Field trips are supposed to be educational, but one thing teachers don't get, the real education takes place on the way there. In one of these, it's more than a school bus. On long rides, it becomes a giant incubator filled with the churning psyches of 48 kids. Do you have any um, very memorable field trips from any period of school that, like, stick in your head? Uh, I mean, the biggest one was um, Washington, D.C. in high school. Oh, yeah. uh, Which, you know, not a standard field trip, I guess. More of, like, a real trip. Yeah. Um, we but, all we all roomed together. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those BOC listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. What about you? Besides DC, anything? No, not really. I mean, like amusement park trips, like mm. stuff like that. But okay. I can't think of a single educational one where I got <laughs> anything out of it. 
museums. I mean, we did some I like museums and zoo and stuff. But zoo, like, yeah. I always hated that. Like, I don't know. You had to like write down the animal's scientific name. Like, oh, I, that made me not care about anything. Yes, we had one to the art museum, which I was pretty excited for. And then the teacher just hands you that piece of paper yeah. and goes, "Well." It kind of like, trip. <laughs> it like took out because I was more concerned about completing that worksheet than actually learning anything. Like, yeah, fill in the blank. So then yeah. you're just staring at the labels next to yeah. this mat, like yeah. masterful <laughs> painting. Yeah, <that's> <laughs> um, yeah. but they should stick you. to like the uh, like what was your favorite thing after the trip's over? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like a nice little. What did you just get think out of about it? it a little bit? Yeah. 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 There was the uh, camping trip in middle school that oh, really stands man. out to me. Just in the middle of the woods, freezing cold. <laughs> I hated it. Oh yeah, I hated so that. much. That was a fall trip though. Uh, yeah, about an hour away. Kind of same uh, same deal. Yeah, that was the worst. But, <laughs> but I remember it. That's for yes. sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, uh, <laughs> while while field trips are supposed to be educational, Pete says. One thing teachers don't get is that the real education takes place on the way there, mm. on the school bus, <laughs> where a class trip becomes a journey into the darkest recesses of your own soul. Yeah. What do you think about these uh, nighttime Pete narrations in front of the illuminated bus? That was very strange, and I questioned whether that was like just a last minute, like, we forgot <laughs> to take a shot of the bus. Like, why else would it be uh, that way? It's very weird. Very yeah. bizarre. It's kind of captivating, though. Well, yeah, like, now I watch it, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I see what they're doing here, but as a 10-year-old, I was probably like, uh, all right. Yeah. I thought maybe they got stuck at night, and I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then we get yeah. the rocking Polaris theme here, and I do want to give a shout-out. They're re-releasing um, the Polaris vinyl, The Adventures of Pete and Pete reissued. Oh, good, because uh, I forgot to buy it. Really? Oh, okay. (laughs) I think in the coming weeks here, um, Polaris is going back on tour for the first time in six years. And uh, so check out the dates, but definitely the Pete and Pete uh, vinyl is being reissued. Love it for those who love Polaris. (laughs) Um, So later at school, Mrs. Drapuzzi is briefing the class on the rules for visiting the Glurped County Milk Museum. (laughs) What is that name? (laughs) Glurp. Glurp County Milk Museum. Just another in the line of great Pete and Pete. Yeah. They're like masters of coming up with that good sound when you say it. It almost sounds like an onomatopoeia. Yeah. But it's a real word. Yeah, yeah. Rule number two. No milking. One rule you must follow above all others. No one is to sing if you're happy and you know it. It's disturbing to bus driver Stewart. It was her usual warning, but she wasn't telling us the whole story. (laughs) As Pete tells it, Stu and fellow bus driver Sally Knorp were in love until the fateful day when she broke up with him. Their song was, If You're Happy and You Know It, and now everyone is afraid of what Stu might do if he hears it. Yeah. I loved the scene of her breaking up with him. Like, like I've heard the exact quote, it's like, I could stop my feet. I could clock my head. Yeah. <laughs> could tap my head. Yeah. But we're over. <laughs> You're happy and you knew it. Clap your hands. Sally, you didn't clap your hands. I'm not happy, Stu. You can stamp your feet. I can tap my head. I can click my heels. I can wiggle my ears. 
it's over, Stu. We have to break up. You can knock our heads. No one knew what would happen if Stu heard that song again. And to tell you the truth, no one wanted to. Um, I loved just the oddity of two bus drivers in love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not the first time Sally's dumped Stu. Um, we've seen. Yeah, it, it seems before. like every time he brings her up, it's like having been dumped. <laughs> yeah, heartache. Um, which is great. I love that for his character. And it's a great setup to the episode of a field trip where <laughs> the thing you're somewhat focused on is that your bus driver is in the middle of a mental yeah, breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Big Pete is dealing with his own crisis. Someone left Ellen a secret love note in which the writer promised to reveal his identity by sitting next to her on the trip. Bold move. It is bold. <laughs> I would never. I, no, I, would, <laughs> I, I would never leave it to that. Like, yeah, especially like a public place where it's being revealed. Yeah. The buildup alone. Every kid finds out. Yeah. yeah. No. no. <laughs> Although. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you got out of the bus and she's sitting alone, and doesn't have like a bag sitting there, like. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I feel You'd probably be like all right. Like she she wants to know, but man. I, I feel as though who we find out is the person. The moment he sat next to her, there's no taking it back because it would be so strange that yeah. he yeah. sat yeah. next to her. Maybe she would feel differently. We mm. may yeah. never find out. Yeah. Big uh, Pete's a real monster in this episode. <laughs> he, is. he is. He's under the influence, though, of another character that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um. Welcome aboard the Yellow Fever. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our, Our traveling time will be approximately 60 minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered life! Thank you. Even though Pete and Ellen are just friends, for some reason it chomped on his guts to find out about the letter. <laughs> I love that. Despite Ellen's protests, Pete sits next to her on the bus to keep her from finding out who her admirer is. Yeah. Boy. I love that he describes it as the weirdest mutation of the day. Of all the mutations, mine was the yeah. weirdest. <laughs> Which I'm not sure I agree with. His is probably like the most normal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, also, can I point out, why did uh, Miss Jacuzzi not go on the bus with them? She uh, she says, I'm going to meet you there. Yeah. That was kind of weird. I've never heard of a field trip where the teacher doesn't <laughs> board the bus. Maybe there were just too many kids on the bus. Yeah. That's my okay. guess. Okay. <laughs> As they set off, Pete introduces us to some of the other kids, including the shyest kid in school. Wendell Hyde. Case in point, Wendell Hyde. Every trip we saw a new side of the shyest kid in the school. This time, it was his dream of singing at weddings and bar mitzvahs. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot out, put... Shut up! Della Sump had a different problem. For some reason, just being on a bus made her have to go to the bathroom more than humanly possible. Then, there was Teddy. Famous for eating his entire lunch in the first five minutes of every trip, he developed a new system. 
It takes small, uh, precise bites, and according to this flow chart, half a sandwich will last me till we get there. So I have the other half for lunch. As for Bill, whenever he was on a bus, it was like some practical joke hormone kicked in. Just so many great characters <laughs> with little niche. Uh, yeah, they really. Know, a kid who just wants to be a bar mitzvah singer. Yeah. The girl who has to pee all the time. Yeah. The kid uh, who eats his whole lunch before Teddy, lunchtime. Like. Which is really relatable. I know we've talked yeah, about yeah. that uh, as far as Teddy trying to portion his sandwich. Yeah. We got Bill. Funny. We got Endless Mike on the bus. It's Stu. It's just chock full of tension. Yeah. Mark. Uh, oh, I, I'm good. I mean, uh, yeah, let's, let's meet. Yeah. Uh, um. So as you mentioned, elsewhere on the bus, Teddy has developed a system to keep him from eating a sandwich in the first five minutes of the trip. <laughs> and Bill is busy planning practical jokes. Tensions are running high between Pete and Ellen's fractured friendship and the bullies twibbing Mark's ear. Mark Twib. Mark Twib. Uh, I, I guess I didn't mention him already, um, but another great name. Even the last name evokes... The flick. Yes. You know, yeah, a it twib does. almost. <laughs> uh, and he looks great. I love how his character looks. Yes. He's got those glasses with, like, the glasses holder around him. <laughs> yeah. It's just a great... I don't know. It's great. Yeah. Things come to a head when a cop sees Bill's sign about being kidnapped, <laughs> and Stu is forced to perform a series of rigorous tests to prove he's fit to drive. <laughs> oh, my God. The tests are so good. <laughs> You've got a problem. Why don't you go talk to Stu? But Stu had his own problems. Even though his story checked out, the cops weren't sure he was fit to drive, so they gave him a series of grueling coordination tests. Not even close! We can put a crawler there! <laughs> People's gotten into you. Next you're gonna wanna flick Mark Twibb. Go ahead. There's no line. Yeah, what if I did? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Just how serious they treat it as well. Uh, Hitting a tennis ball with a stack of donuts. <laughs> One cop just like... Hovers <laughs> <laughs> over it. And his line here. Put a crawler under there! <laughs> uh, and then we see, um, we see bus driver Stu being walked. Like uh, a wheelbarrow. Yeah, yeah. wheelbarrow. <laughs> Do you know what the what they're trying to accomplish there? No, I just no. figured it was something that looked goofy in the background that yeah. you could really be like, what I do is imagine happening? that they're like, just do something kind of off camera, and yeah. that was like what they came up with. So like, <laughs> probably like it almost did seem like they're trying to come up with much dumber and weirder versions of real tests, yeah, you know, or real like drunk tests or something, you know, yeah. Um, when Stu exhaustedly gets back on board and hears Pete and Ellen arguing, he kicks Pete to the back of the bus right next to Endless Mike. <laughs> and this is where we really start getting some of the best um, Stu quotes. Yeah. As yeah. far as the well, shattered record. When we... <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't that the... Oh, no, the first one is uh, Killing My Soul. Killing My Soul. Killing <laughs> Thinking that Bill is hitting on Ellen, Pete tricks him into burning his zitty face with a handful of hot lather. (laughs) 
Um, but Endless Mike, like, spurs him onto this. Like, Endless Mike, like, the devil on his shoulder in this episode. It has some things, I think, in common with uh, Halloween-y, as far mm. as the temptation of Big Pete to Endless yeah, Mike's side that's of kind things. of what he is, Endless Mike. Yeah. He's constantly tempting Pete into <laughs> doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But he's still likable enough that you'd understand... Um, how he's... Uh, how you might succumb to his charms succumb to his charms not want to be on his bad side (laughs) yeah yeah that's Uh, true (laughs) yeah so to complete his transition to the dark side pete joins endless mike and his goons in pouring soda down the floor of the bus setting off della's bladder once again (laughs) (laughs) uh which we get another amazing uh stew line here where he's just totally condescending to della when she gets back in the bus uh let's just hear it here finished Finished? Are you certain? Couldn't there be some spot of condensation? Some dew, perhaps, floating inside your body? <laughs> dew. Just dew. Uh, <laughs> I love the way he's, like, standing on the bus, too. Like, kind of, like, kneeling down, like, looking at her. Like... <laughs> yeah, he's had it, and now he's taking it on Della. Yeah. Poor Della. Uh, I also love the pop going down the oh, yeah. aisle. Something about that's really, like makes me think of being on the bus and some idiot like pouring something down and it always felt as though the uh floor of the bus was always sticky yeah so oh, just yeah. this pop being part of that yeah. terrible texture <laughs> that your shoes are feeling you know this makes me when i was watching this i started to think um why don't they have uh safety belts on school buses like, it's a very weird thing I think some do. Some do. Yeah. I Maybe at, like, elementary. Yeah. Just seems very strange. You're hauling a load of kids around. <laughs> they don't have any seatbelts. Surrounded by metal. <laughs> yeah. Just bare metal. And the seats are, like, open, you know? So yeah. if there was a horrible crash, you'd go flying forward. Yes. Um, yeah. Not great. So... Uh, while the bus is stopped, Pete and Ellen's fight reaches a tipping point, and they decide to stop hanging out together as the rest of the class starts to break down around them. Thanks to Della's bladder, we were two hours behind schedule and driving further into the uncharted territory of our souls. This one goes out to Mark and Sue in the back, together for three weeks! Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, our own Wendell Hyde. You can catch his act all next week in detention. (laughs) Mark gets twibbed on both ears at once. Teddy fails to keep from eating his sandwich. And Wendell Hyde gets lost singing a bar mitzvah song. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait a second we've skipped uh my favorite portion oh. of the episode which is bus driver Stu getting in the fight when he when he believes he's lost he pulls the bus over thinking he's seen a farmer oh, yeah, in the oh, yeah. <laughs> let's hear this line <laughs> where am I 23895 skin it I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. Excuse me. I'm looking for I-87. Excuse me. I'm talking to you. Excuse me. 
farmer extremely unhelpful, but... Your straw. <laughs> um, this line, excuse me, farmer extremely unhelpful, is uh, one of my favorite. I, I can't believe oh. I didn't include it in our top lines episode. <laughs> I, it makes me laugh so hard. Um, Man, and, is it your favorite of the episode? I mean, this is like pick, <laughs> picking from this episode is just, you know, no, probably not. But um, it's a line. So I feel like I rediscovered Pete and Pete with this episode, which mm-hmm. might be part of my soft spot for it. But in college, I remember getting the DVDs. And when I got to this episode, feeling as though I'd never seen it before, and I just became obsessed with this episode. (laughs) I mean, I had forgotten how funny Stu was, and the scene with the scarecrow. I remember when I watched it in college of crying that when they're on the bus and you see Stu in the background, like just beating the hell out of the scarecrow, of crying. I was laughing so hard watching it. So. this sequence here just holds a real soft spot in my heart, uh, and uh, I would credit it almost as like reminding me of how great Pete and Pete was. Because yeah, I, what I realized also listening to the commentaries when the DVDs came out, it had only been ten years since the mm. show was on, which felt like a lifetime at the yeah. time, but now it was you know so fast. Yeah, um, I do love that, and I really like when he comes back on the bus that he has like little yeah. pieces of straw <laughs> sticking in his head. He's holding the fish for <laughs> Just those little touches. Yeah. Um, uh, we just mentioned Wendell's song. I mean, oh, another which, that whole yeah. scene though, and they're off the all yeah. off the bus. I joined the service to help people, to do good for mankind. If you screw up one more time, back you go. Della! Della! I can't go with everyone thinking about me. Nobody think about Della! You! You're thinking about her. You disgust me. Way to go, Pete. Way to trash your friend. Oh, you mean lover boy? Bill wasn't... Bill's great. Want to know what's so great about Bill? He's, uh... He's... He knows how to have fun. Oh, yeah? Well, so does Endless Mike. I can't even understand why I've been hanging out with you. Well, then don't anymore. Fine by me. Teddy's, like, burying his sandwich in shame. (laughs) shame. (laughs) And Stu yells at that little kid. He's like, you're thinking about her, aren't you? You disgust me. That kid seems as maybe like he's 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He doesn't seem like he should be on the trip. It's weird. (laughs) And, like, I don't know if they just edited it in later, but, like, the girl, like, hiding behind the rock, just, like, popping her head up, like, <laughs> I can't pee if you're thinking about me, and then just, like, down again, like. But Wendell hides, yeah. um, Wendell hides oh moment here in the field, <laughs> his frolicking moment of whole lot of man. Yeah, whole lot of man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I guess we could hear you. 35, 36, 37. Wendell. Wendell Hyde! It's for Mr. It's a time to sing. Mars will talk you finally on the way. 13 and it's a milestone. You are a man today. Hey, you read the Torah on your own. Hey, hippie hooray. This is your bar. We had all reached the point of no return. 
nothing could save us now. Hate myself! You passed the test, you made the grade! Whole lot of man, whole lot of man, whole lot of man! Woo! Uh, this song kind of actually, I feel freakish for even saying it, but from time to time it just pops in my head of a whole lot yeah. of man, whole lot Since we uh, decided to do this episode, that line keeps popping in my head, like, all this week. Um, it's just so good. It's like yeah. a great, like, feel-good uh <laughs> yeah, hold it's, on, man, hold on. <laughs> to me, this is the moment that really sends it over. This this whole sequence in the field <laughs> is what sends this episode to uh, legendary status. <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. ch- kids' television as it will never be again. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> so as Pete is sulking, Endless Mike whispers in his ear that the next thing to do is to get back at Ellen. Knowing what Ellen hates the most, Mike goads Pete into twibbing Mark's ear. But it's one twib too far. What would make Ellen really mad? Twib. One flick, and you're your own man. It's perfect. Yes, it is. Who could resist? Those ears were calling to me. The fever was pounding in my head. I felt like a prehistoric hunter closing in for the kill. Closer. Closer. Ow! Ow, 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 ow. Pete. You? When they get back on the bus, Mark snaps. And he starts to sing, if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the class waits for Stu to lose it. But at first he begins to sing along, and everyone joins in. He gets so into it that he starts marching down the aisle of the bus, <laughs> and it loses control with no one behind the wheel. If you're happy and you know it's knees real hard. If you're happy and you know it, and you real hard. If you're happy and you know it, and you real hard. Stu! Stu! But there was only one person who could snap Stu out of it. Just, it's you could see the bus moving, and then finally they just pan over yeah. and show you that there's actually no one. <laughs> but ninety percent of the ninety bu- percent of the bus is having fun singing with yeah. Stu, and then it's just the few people. I love Big Pete going, "Oh, nobody's driving the bus," and Mike, endless Mike, just going, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." This is like a weird moment where endless Mike like is kind gets of normal, so, yeah, yeah. frantic, yeah. yeah. To break Stu out of his madness, Wendell changes the song, and Sue sna- <laughs> Stu snaps out of it. Have a Nagila. Well, he tries that first. That doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, he tries a bar mitzvah song, and then he does... Hokey Pokey, I think. Hokey Pokey's what That's does finally it. Finally, I get them to realize what's happening. <laughs> 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 
No one's... Stu stops the bus just before it goes off a cliff, and they finally make it to the dairy farm. But there's a moment here um, as Stu stops the bus where they all like rejoice and get off the bus, and the background music's great here. Yeah. It's just a really uh, uplifting moment. Yes. The music and like sound effects throughout the whole episode are very good. Yeah. Very good. The scenery... I feel like uh, this episode really represents that fall, that autumn feel that yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete really hits. I can't remember what is happening, but Stu's like being really aggressive, and it's like that classic Thrasher like high pitch sound, like, <laughs> and he's like telling them not to sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah this episode has it all. Uh, one thing I really like at this moment is briefly there's like a cartoon butterfly that flies mm-hmm. through the air. Throughout the episode, multiple times throughout the episode. Oh, really? It does. Um, um, there it's, is. A, it's not a butterfly. There is a scene um, is earlier. Is this a trivia? Well, moth. Uh, it's a moth. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably. Uh, oh no! They talk about it on the they commentary. Do, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> do that. That it's a connecting theme that you keep seeing it fly through the oh, scenes. Huh. That was the only time I spotted it, aside from the very beginning of the episode. I think three times huh. I spot it. Okay. Oh hey, can I throw in? Can I throw in a uh, Clickstein fact here? We haven't done sure. one in a while. Uh, so if you forget, Clickstein facts are from the Nickelodeon book called Slimed, where a lot of people give kind of uh, their accounts of what it was like to make '90s Nickelodeon television. Uh, this quote is from the actress who played Ellen, Allison Finelli. Uh, she she says here, "I got the flu on Yellow Fever." And we were right in the middle of shooting. I just went down. Quick, raging fever. So on that episode, there's a lot of shots where Ellen would have been sitting on the bus, and they just had to position other characters or extras around the seat so you didn't notice that I wasn't there. Uh, There was a scene where we were getting on the bus, and I know I'm sick when I see it, because when I turned to look at Pete, I had a stiff neck. Uh, So, um, well, I... You know, in the trivia, they talk about it, but pretty much everybody they said was really sick while making this episode. Uh, it's probably a good thing that they put them all on a very small <laughs> school bus. <laughs> really yeah. incubate that yeah. Uh, sickness. Yeah. Um, and weird because of the fever. fever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when Mrs. Drapuzzi finds out what happened, she threatens that the person who sang the forbidden song would receive an F for the project and miss the rest of the field trip. Mm-hmm. But before Mark can come clean, Pete takes the blame as penance for the twib that nearly ended their lives. <laughs> I did it. Once a dink, always a dink. You're out of my gang! I wouldn't have suspected this from you, Mr. Wrigley. You will have the pleasure of staying on the bus. The rest of you... Inside! Why? I shouldn't have flicked you, Mark. You didn't deserve that. Sorry. I'm sorry, too. I... I shouldn't have sent that note to Alan. You sent the note? I guess it was wrong. I I thought you guys were just friends. Well, we are. I mean, we were. 
I understand. You know, I think I'll just let you two figure that out, okay? When Pete apologizes, Mark decides to back off of Ellen until she and Pete figure things out, and Bill gets Pete back by sticking a kick-me sign on his back. Yeah, Classic. but the big reveal here, it yeah. was Twib that was the secret admirer. Oh, yes, of course. Jeez. Yeah. How did I skip that? <laughs> skip that one. Um, finally, Pete and Ellen make up as Kendall sings us home. <laughs> Which is a perfect ending. It is. Pete, Just... and, Pete and Ellen on the bus. Is... And it's like you think the episode's over, and it slowly pans to <laughs> Mark or to Wendell. Yeah. There were no lectures or brochures, but Ellen and I had learned more about ourselves and each other than we'd ever learn about milk or moths or even creamed corn. Who knew what we'd learn on the way back? Cobwebs in the rain Making patterns as we walk down lover's lane Seems that each new step is somehow preordained. I've not traveled this way before. Um, one other thing I really liked is when they get to the milk farm. Um, there's a police car there, and Stu is Stu is standing near it with a blanket yes. wrapped, wrapped around himself. You know, kind of as a traumatic event yeah. that just happened. I love that the adult man is the one that is. Yeah, uh, that know. was a very subtle thing too. Like, yes, I'm just kind of like cowering over. Like. Yeah. All the background Stu stuff in this episode was great. Wow, really, yeah. you could tell they. They knew they had Damien Young for <laughs> yeah. the entire episode and just were going to go nuts with him. Um, he's, he's wonderful. Yeah. Um, what an episode. I guess we should just say, I mean, it could come up in trivia, but, you know, there's no little Pete in this episode. Yeah. Um, Very strange. The only episode of Pete and Pete without little Pete. Uh, did that affect uh, your feeling on it at all? Um... I thought, well, I don't know. I thought it felt appropriate knowing that Farewell, My Little Viking came before this. Mm. And I thought, oh, you know, it was a sad, long, sad Little Pete saga. Yeah. Felt, like, and reasonable. S- and Sick Day After, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of Little Pete yeah. surrounding it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Did you even notice? Yeah, I noticed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't know. I liked it. I thought it was a celebration of the side characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way of thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Totally. Great way of thinking about it. All right, well, should we talk about some of the details? Sure. Hi, this is Bios, Trivia, Ratings, and Stray Observations. Um, well, uh, what do you want to start with, Bios? Yeah. <clears throat> so I took a look at a few of these people in this episode, since there's so many characters. Um, first, I took a look at Mark Twibb. He was played by Darren Edward Higgins, and this was his only credit. Wow, Mark Twibb. Yep. It looks like he was maybe. Good. Yeah, it looks like maybe he's done some uh, like Broadway type stuff, uh, mm. like not television or movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird. Uh, I also took a look at Della Sum. Um, she's play- played by Barbara Hollander. She has six IMDb credits to her name, including Guiding Light and Deconstructing Harry. <laughs> not really familiar with those. I, I remember Deconstructing Harry, but I don't think I've seen it. I don't know what that is at all. Very weird. Hmm. Uh, I also took a look at Wendell Hyde. 
of course. He was played by Rick Fogno. Um, he has seven credits, including The Newsroom and The Following. Oh. Uh, he also looks like he's got a career like on stage. Well, Broadway or... Yeah. That sounds yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that boy can sing. <laughs> uh, and finally... I took a look at Stu Benedict. Yes. Um, we've discussed him a little before, yeah, but you, yep, you said his name, Damien Young. He's also he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, um, a lot of times his like bit parts, but also in a lot of stuff like recurring, uh, including Snow Day, the mm-hmm. almost Pete and Pete movie. Yeah, uh, it's always sunny, Californication, Birdman, and House of Cards. Oh, House of Cards, huh? Yeah, interesting. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I think he's had a pretty nice career for himself. Yeah. I think he's another guy who does a lot of broad wo- or a lot of theater, mm. yeah, um, yeah, with TV. Um, but uh, boy, I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Seems awesome. Uh, I took a look at the location manager because mm. we've talked about the writer of this episode. We've talked about Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi. So I know uh, I, I was, you know, there's some locations here that it seemed good and. Uh, I don't know. Pete and Pete locations are always kind of yeah. really good. So the location manager is a guy named Andrew Sachs, uh, and he is, you know, big shot. Uh, <laughs> he, he other location manager, or he does a lot of production manager type stuff. Uh, the movie North, which was his first first thing before Pete and Pete uh, with Elijah Wood, Basketball Diaries. Uh, he did some for uh, the television series Sex in the City. The movie American Psycho, uh, Requiem for a Dream, Little Nicky, Kate and Leopold, Undercover Brother, Mr. Deeds, Phone Booth, Hitch, War of the Worlds, Spider-Man 3, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, among just many Jeez. things. Wow. But, uh, uh, you know, I think he did a great job on Pete yeah, Pete. for sure. Uh, trivia? Um, yeah. Got a few things here. Um, I don't know if you noticed at the beginning of the episode... Um, to give away one of my stray observations, uh, we were entering Atomic City town site, formerly Midway. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, as of 2010, Atomic City's population was 29. <laughs> Up from 25 in 2000. Oof. It's a real place? Yep. Where? Uh, I didn't write it down, but I think it was... It might have been Utah or... Uh, now okay. I can't remember. Okay. Well, it sounds like a Utah type place. <laughs> <laughs> Southern Utah, Northern Arizona. <laughs> Okay. Uh, also, um, Stu at one point is yelling, Della! Della! <laughs> uh, this, of course, a reference to Stella, yelling Stella in a streetcar named Desire. You mean from um, Seinfeld? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I have a bunch here. Uh, the second season DVD has some commentary. This is one of the episodes that uh, has commentary, so I kind of listened through. Uh, so here's some of the stuff I found. Uh, this episode was filmed during a time, as I mentioned, where a contagious flu plagued the cast and crew. Uh, they mentioned this during the commentary that people were pretty much nonstop getting sick. Uh, this is uh, this episode won what is called an Ace Award. Uh, this is a now defunct award show, um, but uh, the guys on the uh, commentary mentioned that that winning this episode winning the award persuaded Nickelodeon to pick them up for a third season. Wow! So Yellow mm. Fever is uh, maybe responsible for a third season Jeez, of good. Nickelodeon if that affects your ratings at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the guy who's dodging moss at the start of the episode is the writer of the episode, uh, Joe Stillman. Oh. 
Uh, and they mention a lot in the commentary that Stu, the other guys mentioned how much Stu reminds them of Joe Stillman. Yeah. And like, all the lines Stu says, they're like, oh man, that sounds like you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Will and Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi, who are the creators of Pete and Pete, state on the commentary that this is their favorite episode of Pete and Pete. Wow. Oh, Jeez. Both of them. Yeah. I mean, I like it a lot. Good. <laughs> uh, it's a good episode. <laughs> Um, the teacher who played, uh, well, the, the person who played the teacher, her name is, uh, Liza, Liza Wheel. Uh, she was a last minute replacement for the original actress who took Deathly Ill and they said they just never heard from her again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> that takes it down to 0.5. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see what else I got. Okay, uh, they mentioned that this episode is shot in uh, Orange, New Jersey at a nature preserve. Uh, and they said that uh, at the nature preserve, they pretty much just ro- rode in a circle for days. So every <laughs> shot. Now, if you know that, when you start watching it, you can really see they're always on a curve, uh, just going in a circle. <laughs> I did notice that they were always on a curve. Yeah. Like when the bus is on its own. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this? Um, the, uh, a little trivia here, Damien Young, when he gets back on the bus after beating up the uh, scarecrow, uh, he throws the pitchfork out of the bus, uh, and they said that when he did that, he actually cut his hand on the pitchfork, uh, when he throws it, and they actually had to bandage it, and it actually, he was pretty upset by it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, they said he was not happy about it. Uh... They did call Nickelodeon to ask about whether it was okay for them to have the idea of a bus heading for a cliff with kids on the bus, and Nickelodeon said, as long as they don't go over. <laughs> I like that attitude. <laughs> but uh, they were just laughing at the like psychotic nature of the bus driver dancing while this bus is hurling towards the cliff. Um... I would love to see the Nickelodeon executives watching this episode for the first time. <laughs> I just get the impression they weren't even watching the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that's actually probably true. Like, oh. um, how about some stray observations? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know you got this. Uh, Big Pete lists off a few places that they had gone in the past for class field trips. Uh, I can't remember what they were. No one was like a cream corn something like that factory and just <laughs> the video of it spilling on the ground it's just like hey, yeah the it inter- really sets up how weird and bizarre the episode's gonna be yeah the international corn cream expo yeah that uh, <laughs> we have the sioux city moth hatchery and the triple a ice farm yeah, yeah. it's uh, almost like they just did like a mad blood <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you, so there, did you happen to see when they get to the actual milk farm that it doesn't say the name, Mm. the name on the barn is different. I I did not notice that. The barn says Spiller's Milk Museum when they get there and they actually said in the commentary that, uh, they use that sign in honor of the director of photography whose last name was Spiller. (laughs) Wow. That's really weird. I would have assumed that that was just a real place (laughs) called Spiller. Um, Pete claims that this many kids are crammed into the bus together at the beginning of the episode. Oh. Uh, can I guess 38? 
Um, that's not correct. However, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that turns out to be like correct, kind of according to Stu. Yes, seemingly that's Stu's number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Pete claims it's forty-eight. <laughs> I like the idea that Stu's ten off. <laughs> that's better. Um. Did you happen to see... So Brett said he loved this moment when Sally mentions all the things she could do to keep them together but doesn't wouldn't make a difference. Did you... For Happy and you know it? I'm not, not sure. Not sure. Uh-huh. Um, she says, I could tap tap her head, tap my head, click my heels, wiggle my ears. I'm just not happy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um... Did you catch Mrs. Drapuzzi's rules for Glurped County Milk Museum besides not singing the song? No milking the cows? No, no milking. milking. Yeah. I didn't see the other one. Uh, it's hard to get, but... I she was standing in front of the rules. She is, but if you listen very closely, you can kind of make it out. Uh, it's don't stare at the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a great piece of writing, just... <laughs> Um, okay, uh, did you do you happen to catch how many times Mark Twibb's ear went back and forth, a record setting him out? Oh, yeah. You, did you it was that? in the 70s. I want to say 72 or 79. One of those is correct. Want to go 79? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the way they film his ear going back and forth, it's just... Uh, Creeps me out to the core. They <laughs> it did, is very weird. They mentioned that in the commentary that there was a little motor behind his uh, ear, and then they film it in, um, I forget the phrasing, fast motion. Uh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, I just wanted to note that Big Pete introducing all the secondary characters was like done really smoothly. Yes. Like, made sense as part of the story, and yeah. it's like almost, you could almost miss it. Yeah, yeah. Really well done. Um, did you happen to catch, uh, how, how, the travel time and the speed in which they're traveling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One hour and 55 miles an hour. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, did you catch what Bill's sign said exactly? Help or being kidnapped? Almost. Almost completely. Uh, I don't know. Help, being kidnapped, call police. Oh, okay. Um, what does bus driver Stu say that passengers will have to do? Pitch in for gas. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorites. That is great. Just this uh, angry aside. I also enjoy that he refers to Pete as passenger Pete. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Um, Shortly after Pete gets kicked to the back of the bus... They state that they're this far behind schedule. Oh, two hours? Yep. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) They've lost it. (laughs) I missed that. Which really threw me off because they still have time for the field trip (laughs) at the end of it. Uh, So this is a two-parter. When Wendell stands up to sing, uh, he does a anniversary song for a couple. Who's the couple and how long have they been together? Oh, man. I don't remember the couple, but I want to say six weeks. I want to say three weeks. Three weeks is the amount of time uh, they've been together. The couple is Mark and Sue. Yeah, Mark and Sue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after getting lost, Stu passes these road signs. Uh, one was just like alien <laughs> signs. Uh, JCT23895. Yeah. Uh, one's in Greek. 
uh, I found that it, whatever it says in Greek means you are lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it does say that there's something in Korean which means do not go. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what you're taking as the alien. <laughs> well, if I go fast and look anything up, so. Uh, name of the soda that they dump on the floor? Oh, my God. This might be... Wait, what was it? Crab something up. Crabbing up. Crabbing up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing it out loud is so much better. <laughs> this might be what? what my favorite Kreb Star oh, product. Okay. One of, definitely. <laughs> so ridiculous. Kreb enough. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Bill's splash, special blend novelty powder is this smell. Mm-hmm. Armpit. Oh. Missed it. I get that at all. Um, when Stu is getting Wendell back on the bus, he tells Wendell he's got a song for him. It's called. Oh, man, I'm not sure. Yeah. Get back on the <laughs> bus. <laughs> um, did you catch why Stu joined the bus driver service? The two reasons. To do good in the world. <laughs> To do good for mankind. To do, I forget the other one. <laughs> and to help people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that he uh, phrases as uh, the reason he got into the surface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, so you mentioned a couple of the punishments. Did you see all of the punishments for what's coming, Big Pete's way? Oh man, no. He's getting an F. F. Uh, four weeks detention. Four weeks detention. <laughs> And he doesn't get to participate in the rest of the field trip. Stay on the bus. And she also mentions very quickly that he has to pay for the class now. He has to pay for the class. Which I don't know what that means, but she <laughs> says you have to pay for the class. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, did you catch all of the songs that Wendell sings? We have A Whole Lot of Man. <laughs> sure. The ending song here is Cobwebs in the Rain. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait a minute. No? Actually, I discovered that this is a real song called Cobwebs and Rainbows oh. by Dick, Dick Walter. And yeah. it looks like it came from one of those um, kind of like jazz, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're, they're like jazz CDs that have like a bunch of random kind of like people you haven't heard of. And yeah. it's like 40 songs or something. Okay. I do know that uh, Joseph Stillman definitely wrote a whole lot of man. Yeah. They talk about that. <laughs> um, what else? Havana Gila. Hokey Pokey. Yep. Happy anniversary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to you. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else. Um, I just want to mention one more line that I don't think we talked about. I'm lost. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm <laughs> lost. Uh, yeah, terrific. Did you do your favorite lines for this episode? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you want to do it now? Sure. Okay. Um, number five, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> number four, finished? Are you certain? That's about Della. Uh, she's done Are you certain? <laughs> number three, nobody think about Della. You, you're thinking about her. You disgust me. <laughs> That kid plays it so perfectly, too. He's just so straight-faced yeah. and shrugs. <laughs> Number two, 
passengers will refrain from killing my soul, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and number one, welcome aboard the yellow fever, so on. Moving swiftly away from the wreckage of my <laughs> shattered life. <laughs> oh, boy. That's I'm a good gonna... list. That is a good list. That doesn't even include, uh, excuse me, Farmer Extreme. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> there's, but there's a lot of great ones here. Um, okay, ratings. Uh, this episode has a 9.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Pretty good. TV.com has an 8.8 out of 10. Not high enough. Out of, <laughs> out of five Krebs stars, what did you give Yellow Fever? Um, I'm going to give this one a 4.75. Right. I think it's a near, <laughs> near perfect territory. Though there are other one, other episodes that just for me, you know, hit that, hit All that mark. Right. I gotta go with that too. It's not, <laughs> it's not my favorite, so I can't oh give it a boy. perfect five. Oh boy, I mean, he's great. There's a lot it's of amazing so things. It's, it's so, so funny. <laughs> uh, super heavy on stew, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's heavy on, as you said, it's a celebration of all the B characters, <laughs> yeah. and nobody does B characters like Pete and Pete. Yeah. Um, I feel like it just, there was just a little bit of Pete and Pete magic missing for me that's maybe hmm. present in other episodes. Okay. Um, but everything about else about it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a five on this thing. Uh, <laughs> it's... it's I, it's so funny. There's so many lines that are some of my favorite Nickelodeon lines of all time. Uh, we got Endless Mike, you got Wendell, Mark, <laughs> Ellen, Bill, Teddy, Stu, all trapped in a bus. <laughs> all just miserable. It's it's this... And what a concept, too. Like, the school bus is miserable. Yeah. Yes, nobody has done... <laughs> the school bus is such a big part of childhood. Yeah. And for all these kids shows, nobody has quite done a school bus episode like this. Yeah. Or maybe ever again. <laughs> right at the beginning of it, I just it just occurred to me, like, this is a weird field trip episode where you never get, pretty much get to the place. Like, yeah. it all takes place on the bus. That's, yes. It's so great. Yes. Um, um, and the dilemmas, a lot of the dilemmas feel kind of relatable, where, like, you're being a jerk to someone who's your friend. But yeah just because of insecurities yeah and... oh yeah that felt very real like yeah pete and everybody really all their problems yes um teddy's storyline <laughs> so funny bill getting <laughs> stew in trouble so funny and there was always kind of i mean i feel like there's always those kids that did kind of just turn on yes. when they're like on the bus in that like close <laughs> quarters like <laughs> you have nowhere to send me <laughs> Yeah, and I love that they're they're all yeah they're just all trapped together, uh, in their own kind of miserable situation. Um, Mark Twib feels like this very real character yeah. of someone who there's no reason yeah. to be mean to this kid, but everybody seemingly agrees that this is the kid that yeah. we'll be mean to. And I really felt for Mark Twib yes. of all the characters. Yeah, really felt a little real. Yeah, um, I also think this episode's just like. Um, a really good example of um, like super well written but loose yeah. too. It's like it's got like a major storyline kind of with Pete, but it's like hit upon just enough to keep things mm. moving forward. Yeah, I think if it was just the Pete storyline, it wouldn't have been enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, I mean, those are good ratings. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not disappointed. I, I was hoping for a straight five, but, uh, you know, those episodes are rare. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to name the episode? Yeah. Uh, I got two here. One that I came up with during, while we were talking about it. Hmm. So, um... Let's get them both uh, out there. We'll help you. (laughs) The one that I came up with today was A School Bus Named Desire. Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 All right. My other one is A Twib Too Far. Oh, that's good too. A school bus named Desire. Well, a twib too far fits better on Twitter <laughs> for the poll. Very important. But a school bus named Desire is very, it's a good play. I feel like it f- almost fits the episode a little, or mm-hmm. like the main part of the episode, but I love a twib too far. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think a twib too far feels a more classic, but there's also, people love play on yeah. words, play on words. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat where I have two. One feeling more like a classic P episode name, and one that's a fun okay. play. Do you? Or not that I'm gonna pick necessarily from how you pick, but what's your feeling on what? On which, which one do you better? go with? A twib too far. I don't think encompasses the entire story. Yeah, I mean you're right. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with him. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, so a, a school I'll, bus named Desire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with Field Trip Mayhem. Oh. Not that clever. No, Not that's that good. good. You know, could win. Yeah. Could win. <laughs> I had two, but I think I know which one I'm going with. Okay. I though I think the classic Pete and Pete. Well, Yellow Fever. Let's just say Yellow Fever is a perfect name for the episode. Yeah. I also love that moment where it. Uh, zooms in on the school bus and it's <laughs> got the name yellow fever printed on there yes it's uh, so good yes it's uh, like somebody na- really named it yes i don't think any of us are gonna outdo yellow fever mm. but then the standard pete and pete name i think i would give it is the long ride mm. um, yeah which that's feels good kind of classic but i'm gonna oh go ahead i feel like that really sounds like another episode title but i just can't it's not coming to me um um, the, the big quiet. Oh yeah, maybe. that's probably what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go with misery on the stew express. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it's that's good. A hodgepodge of things, but uh, I wanted to work stew. In that yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right. So go around one more time. Um, a school bus named Desire. Field trip mayhem. And misery on the stew express. We'll post those. You guys can vote. People have uh, been voting this week on our Nickelodeon channels oh, from nice. last week, and I think I think Alex is mainly dominating. Yeah, which kind really, of you really should yeah. with that yeah. first slot. But you've gotten a lot of everybody's kind of gotten a lot of love, which yeah. makes me feel good that we picked uh, channels that people would be. Yeah, they're kind of evenish. Yeah, 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 that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, we did hear from our buddy Phil. Cool. And he wanted to give some of his thoughts about the year 2019 mm. as, as we shared ours. He said, Hey guys, I just finished your 2019 review podcast and I thought I'd throw my two cents. My top movie has got to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Tarantino really outdid himself on this one. 
close call is probably a cliche, but I'm gonna go Rocket Man. Oh. Uh, the Elton John yeah, biopic. Yeah, I saw it. Not the hard. Oh, really? Yeah. In the theater? No. Oh. Uh, out of the HBO. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what did you think? Uh, I liked it. I mean, I felt pretty similar to the uh, Queen one. Like, yeah. I don't know. I like them all right. Mm-hmm. They just didn't blow me away. But I guess maybe that type of movie never quite does for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ferguson, he says, I haven't seen it, but as much as I hated the first one, Frozen 2 must be infinitely worse, right? Uh, Jeez. <laughs> my top uh, show is The Mandalorian, hands down. Mm. I got on the bandwagon right as the seventh episode was being released and just binged the crap out of the show. Sadly, I don't have any close calls or Ferguson's for that matter. Sorry about that. I like it. Uh, Do you watch Mandalorian? I have not watched it yet. Okay. I plan to. Yeah. I, a lot of fun. Top album is Fear. Oh boy, I'm going to get this wrong. Inoculum? Inno, Innocillium by Tool. Oh, yeah. The new Tool album. The I, new Tool <laughs> album, which I have clearly not listened to. Uh, he says, anything that keeps Taylor Swift from topping the charts is amazing in my books. Also, it was a great album, so there's that. Close Call is tough. I haven't really gotten into new music in the new music scene in some time because I find it, uh, I find it for the most part, to be cookie-cutter and boring. Ferguson, though, is definitely Taylor Swift. Uh, are we seeing a theme here? Top song, <laughs> top song this year for me is probably "The Hunted" by Saint Asonia with Sully Erna. Again, no close calls or Fergusons. Top book is "The Institute" by Stephen King. Uh, Did you read I, that one? No, um, my mom did. Okay. Said it was great. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, talk about amazing comeback from his last batch of terrible offerings. I haven't been engrossed in a book of his like that since eleven twenty two sixty three. Close Call, The Burning White by Brent Weeks. It was a pretty great ending to the lightsaber saga, and if it had more tropes and unanswered questions in the end. No spoilers here. My uh, my top event is the impeachment of Don the Khan. Uh, close Call is the St. Louis Blues winning their first title. The fact that they beat out Boston makes it that much sweeter in my book. Uh, and the Ferguson was Alex Trebek announcing his pancreatic cancer diagnosis. It's so hard to watch him these days and see his rapid decline in health. Uh, I've got no music videos or video games, sorry. Uh, top, BO, top BOC episode oh. is a tough one, but I might have to go with Year in Review 1996. Oh. Multiplicity aside, yes, <laughs> I went there. <laughs> uh, close call, he liked our Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling review. Uh, and then Ferguson is a tie for me. The tainting of the screw and top lines, only because of Kel's excessive overacting and shrieking, I dropped the screw in the tuna. I had forgotten how much I absolutely hated that particular episode until I was reintroduced this year. Twice. But hey, I still love the podcast. I can't wait for a 2020 filled with more amazing BOC podcasts. Happy New Year, lads. Phil. Oh, thanks, Phil. Yeah, very That's nice. There you go, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> um, that wraps up Yellow Fever, the masterpiece. Um, yeah, very almost good straight episode. vibes. Very good. Episode. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be getting to sick day sooner than later, but that's not what we're doing next. What are we doing next time? Uh, next week, we're talking about Rocco's Modern Life teed off. Mm-hmm. This is one that's been kind of special, I think, to both of us yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, not special in a, a meaningful way in our relationship, but one that we've held in a high regard. Yes, both of us. Like, yes. um, and I think it's one that I don't, I just don't hear mentioned, or I just don't run into. No. In relation to Rocco. No. But it's a great showpiece for Mr. Bighead. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, and it should, it kind of, uh, the end of this episode will segue into that episode nicely, I think. What do you mean? It's got a little Star Wars uh, theme in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you want to stick around to hear us talk about Star Wars for five minutes, uh, <laughs> stick around after the end song. Five minutes. <laughs> Um, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us as filledit at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on iTunes, which I'm guessing is how you're listening to us. Uh, leave us a review. That's really helpful. Um, whether it's stars or an actual review that helps other people find us. Uh, and that's, uh, that's good. Uh, Brett, thank you for hopping always, on the bus with us. Always a pleasure, and. Cool, cool phrase. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys next time. <laughs>that does remind me i finally did see rise of skywalker ah. uh and i'm much more forgiving of it than you <laughs> were i think uh, uh we haven't well we haven't talked about it on the podcast um yeah i hated it hated i, I, I hated you, it. you i liked it you did but i hated that everything just worked out yeah I, anytime I, someone was in a conundrum, conundrum yes. it was just like Oh, there, there it is. Yeah. So let me let me just say like, because uh, this will be after the episode. If you don't want to hear spoilers, just you turn off now. The episode's over. Um, but just let Chewbacca die. That was very weird. Um, let him die. Let I don't know. Every time they think you think something important's gonna happen, they strip it from like him. Finn when he's hanging off the edge and it's just like oh, where'd that dude? It's like oh, here comes a. I got you. Well, that's cool. Like, oh, that was really yeah. suspenseful for the three <laughs> seconds you let me deal with that. I mean, that's not even my biggest problem. My biggest problem is that it unends the whole point of The Last Jedi, which is anybody can be great. Oh. That you don't have to be of, like, a royal bloodline. You don't have to be a Palpatine or a Skywalker to be great. Rey is one of many who could be great. Uh, but I guess I didn't take it that far in my um, head that it was necessary. I thought it was just a plot point. Uh, you know, like... They, I mean, they made a point in saying one in one of the earlier ones, uh, saying something to the like. I thought in the first in um, what's the first one called Force Awakens. I thought they said something to the effect of like undoing the Metaclorian thing, which was just annoying. Uh, yeah. In the prequel series, um, and I I've read all the um, or I've read a lot of criticism on it. And I pretty much agreed with it coming out of it. I just thought. For me, like, holding it up against just the six other movies, I'm just like, this was... It didn't... Six movies. Eight. Or eight. Or nine. Or, yeah, other eight. Uh, uh, Rogue One in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's better than this one. Oh, that's the best. That's better than any other Star Wars movie. I'm palp- throwing in Palpatine after two movies of okay, having nothing to do may- with anything. I think most of the problem came from 
the writers being switched between these movies. Um, that is a problem. Which I. But c- then you just have to go with it. Sorry, you wanted Palpatine uh, in it. Probably. I'm sorry, Ryan or uh, what's his name? Um, J.J. Abrams probably wanted Palpatine, but he didn't get it. Well, so you what did change? You, like what? I'm not sure about that. Palpatine was so insane. Like, well, the story just felt very rushed. Story and, felt uh, kind of rushed. Like we, he's in this chamber, the stadium with a bunch of, I don't know, dead people cheering for him, and so many people cheering. For he's him. hanging. Never he's that. hanging from this wire and it lightning a, bolts from his hands. It just felt like. I, sand fiction. Well, for one thing, I took the people in the stands to possibly be uh, clones. Like, he's created a new clone army. They're, use, they're useless. Two, <laughs> I, uh, two, his lightning bolt, he's always done that. I know. But I thought it, <laughs> But I thought him shooting the huge lightning bolt was cool. Like, my favorite parts about this were all of the, like, weird force things. Like, I guess that's the, to me, that was like the most interesting Don't part Don't you find it an new... odd time to introduce it in the last one in the saga? Um, it's like, there's an hour left, here's a bunch of stuff they can do that you've never seen. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I, I felt sh- like they did a similar thing with the with um, Last Jedi. Like, they're introducing these force effects that, like, weren't addressed before. Yeah. I just like the idea of the force, like, being this, like, uh bigger like um changeable thing like that there's always new stuff to discover about it i guess yeah i don't mind it i guess i wish it didn't feel like me trying to keep up with it in the last one i mean i know there's gonna be more stuff but the last so much more stuff (laughs) you know the last of the skywalker saga apparently but um i i I should say i know i said i hated it that's a rash reaction i didn't mind the like first 40 minutes (laughs) Where, you know, they're on the planet with the festival yeah. and the showdown with Kylo and Ray with the ship in the air is really cool. Um, I wish they would have just let it be Kylo and Ray's story. Like the battle on the ship is cool. Yeah. On the, on the ruins of the Death Star. Yeah. And then it just feels it a little. It did feel like a clunky. lot of stuff packed in there, though. I think it was like written competently. Um like, it just didn't, you know, there wasn't a whole lot, except for Chewbacca, there wasn't, like, a million things that I thought, well, that's too the ridiculous for me to suspend like disbelief. Before the battle on the ruins of the Death Star, it's like, like, how are we going to get over there? And then all of a sudden, there's two things that they can ride. This uh, random people just show up <laughs> to help them. And they're like, oh, like, well, we got to figure out this ship. But then Ray finds another thing to ride over there, and they're like, well, how are we going to get over there? Like, well, there's another one you can take. Yeah. So Finn takes that one over. It's just like... I guess I've okay. never felt that Star Wars was, like, that, um, like, complexly written to begin with. To where, like... No, yeah. You know, it's just like a... Oh, really, it's just like a good versus evil thing. And it's not that much more complicated than that. It um, isn't. So, I'm a little more forgiving of the details, I guess. Because I'm like... also. When she burns her ship and seemingly that weird pyramid thing that takes her, that really didn't make any sense to me. She's like, I burnt it. And then Luke's like, it's always been inside you. And she just runs back and grabs it. And it's just like, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. that didn't that, get destroyed. Well, this, yeah. this series goes nuts with force ghosts. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you, you like the ending with uh, Ray Skywalker? Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. I like that. You don't like that? 
again, like it just is it, that a problem? What's a problem? What, uh, what encouraged me with the second one is well, she's the, not the an actual I, skyrocker. It's just I know that, but okay. she, but wouldn't it be? I think two things would have been cooler if it was just like I'm Ray, I'm 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 my own thing, mm-hmm. or even cooler would have been I'm Ray Palpatine, which is like I'm taking back this freaking name. Oh. As an aside, uh, I thought it would have been really funny if after she said her name, the old lady just goes, eh, <laughs> and just keeps walking, and that's how it ends. Boring. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, right, yeah, well. I don't know. You know now that would like, have been an ending. Even the original Star Wars, people are very precious about them, and I love them. <gasps> precious. But I feel even those were like like a sci-fi exploitation almost like yeah they're for they're kids. just for fun they're for you know? kids I, I just i don't know yeah i i there are other storylines i would have per- i think if they had gone with ray being no one the whole time that would have been good but they yeah. had already built up so hard this idea and it's that's already, why i said it feels like fan fiction it's the service of the fan being like who's she related to I though guess, uh, <laughs> I guess, but you're right. By by the end, I just didn't care what it was. It could have been anything. But why Palpatine? I mean, we have a good guy. We have a just. I bet Kylo is a good bad guy because they were probably to the point where they're like, who could we say that will make this matter at all? Because there's no other option, really. (laughs) We've Uh, lost Brett. He's not as fun. (laughs) Well, yeah. All right. He said the episode was done. Anyway, I had I had (laughs) I had a fun time. Good. You know, yep. I enjoyed myself. Good. I, I'm, I'm good. Yes. <laughs> I'm sincerely good. Okay.